0: Okay, we're back. Welcome. Has it been a hot minute?
1: Uh, Yeah, it has been a hot minute. We recorded last week. We did, but then before that, it had been like two weeks.
0: Mm, So you're saying I can't take vacation anymore.
1: That's right. You got to stick to the podcast. You got to be here.
0: But you knocked out one in the meantime. Sure did. Okay. Was it good?
1: Yeah, it was good.
0: Uh, <laughs> how many listens? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked. So I don't know, <laughs> but it's probably
1: the top episode. I mean, it, it was an all-female episode yeah. Mine's Blue. Sorry, Blue. Um, well, smart.
0: I've been in plenty of those, and how come mine don't get credit uh, um, for being a mostly got, female? You're the only man podcast. It
1: doesn't count if you're if it's just me and you. That doesn't count as. That seems like you're female. moving the goalpost. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it was a good episode. We talked about. Some of the shots uh-huh. and some myths, some realities. It, yeah. was good. it was good. So, if
0: you missed that one, go check out episode
1: number 60, I believe.
0: You said that very un, non yep, confidently. I got a lot
1: of numbers <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Though I posted another episode today, which was our episode from last week, which was It's Just a Little Bit. Uh-huh. It was just a little bit. Uh, 61. I just had a little bit. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that one's going to be the most listened to podcast in. Pain Handle Weight Loss Center, Spotify, History.
1: History. We <laughs> shall see. We'll let you guys know in like, I don't know, six
0: months. <laughs> okay. We'll give you an update. Okay. Well, we've decided to move on to part two of Outlive the Science and Art of Longitivity. Yep. Longevity. Sorry. Uh, Strike I was, that.
1: You know what? I was actually going <laughs> to mention that to you, that you kept saying that word. Longevity. Long, longevity. longevity.
0: I think it's a word, too. But it's but actually longevity. Longevity.
1: Yeah. It, it sounds good.
0: Yeah. That's by Peter Atia. And Bill Gifford Yeah And we have identified this book as being one of our favorites In the health and wellness spectrum Especially when we talk about longevity Got it Not longevity <laughs> And we covered part one in episode
1: uh, Episode 50 something
0: You got, you got Spotify Was what it are. 50? Did ah, we do It seems like it was way longer than that Oh
1: No it wasn't It wasn't that long ago
0: Okay, uh, $5 for the first person that finds it. Oh, man. And this is where Chelsea will put in 57. <laughs> advertisement. No? Okay, she found it. 57. Episode 57.
1: See, it wasn't that long ago.
0: Okay, episode 57, Outlived by Peter Tia. Review Part 1. That's okay. right. In Part 1, we talked about Just mainly his kind of philosophies on like, and, like how to take care of ourselves yeah. and... Uh, came up with some objective strategy tactics for uh, processing this information and basically rethinking medicine. Uh, He called it medicine 2.0 versus medicine 3.0, medicine 2.0 being very Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm reactive-driven, medicine 3.0, helping people understand that you can prevent the problems that you get get. Get ahead of it, yeah. Yeah, and if you take care of your body, and I think we've always known that. Yeah. I mean, most of us, I don't think many people travel through life going. uh My health has nothing to do with my choices. lifestyle choices.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, I you talk to people like, "Hey, man, all that beer is bad for you." Yeah, I gotta die somehow. They right? know. Yeah, yeah, they know. <laughs> yeah, right. same people smoking cigarettes. Absolutely. You know, don't exercise. Yeah, you got something's got to kill me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard anybody say that?
1: I don't hang around with a lot of people who say that. No. Oh, grandpa, <laughs> uncle, nothing. Uh, no. I mean, my grandparents in general indulge in, you know, quite a few pleasures, I would Uh say, Uh, but I've never heard them say that. Okay. Maybe because they're all like super old and just like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe so.
1: I don't know.
0: I won't tell them that you called them old.
1: (laughs) They're okay with it. I think, I think once you're past a certain age, it's a badge of honor. Don't you
0: think? Badge of honor what? To just. To be old. uh, Well, I mean, I I, I have a gray beard now, so it's kind of my badge of honor. (laughs) Uh nobody that assumes mean I'm you're young old, anymore.
1: Though.
0: Well, you're not young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess that's true. You're you're in between. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm a tweener. Okay. Uh. uh so part two, um I feel like there's something else I was gonna say there. Oh, my favorite quote from Roadhouse, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Um guy what's uh, the, the as my mom would say, the most handsome cowboy ever. Uh, Sam Elliott with his deep voice, you know. <laughs> But he has a great quote in that movie. Uh, it's in the it's on it's in the online course. But oh. he says, "Hey, you, you, you should get some sleep. You look like hell." And he's like, "Well, I'll sleep when I'm dead." <laughs> so we kinda, do kind yeah. of referencing that uh, same uh, mentality. I've,
1: I've, I have heard that one before. Yeah. So more so from my parents. Oh yeah. I think when I was a teenager. Teenager. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, part two starts off chapter four centenarians that's a that's a buzzword right now centenarians for, these, uh, for for those of you who don't know what that means it means you live to 100 years old yep and uh another way of thinking about this that uh, if you if you have netflix is blue zones blue zones are uh areas that have a higher than normal amount of centenarians in their population
1: it's like so. a documentary you can watch mm-hmm.
0: yeah so centenarians. Um, and the, the kind of that I, I really appreciated his kind of title in this chapter: the older you get, the healthier you have been. The healthier mm. you have been, mm-hmm. and meaning that. Uh, and if anybody, if any of my patients have talked to me, they know my health and wellness motto is: <laughs> What is it?
1: You're training to, be 90? 120? training to be 90. I can't remember the number.
0: I'm aiming for one twenty, but i have you with ninety. Okay, gotcha. Um, but basically, saying if you want to age well, you got to put in the work now. You got to mm-hmm. train. And that's the the kind of the point he's making with that chapter, and we'll go back through your your uh, your notes in a second. Uh, chapter five: Eat less, live longer. Mm-hmm. The science of hunger and health. <coughs> I, sorry, guys. <laughs> I would say this is about the only chapter that I didn't necessarily like agree, agree with. Agree with, yeah. Um, there was mainly, another one in the end. Yeah, mainly because he boils uh, nutritional health down to just not eating as much. Yeah. And I am not so certain uh, that it's very hard to do long-term uh, randomized controlled double-blinded trials with nutrition. It's impossible. Nobody's ever done it. That's right. And you can't control how many pe- how much people work out. You can't control how many carbs they get. You can't control anything. You can't control whether they stay in keto. So you can't yeah. definitively say keto is a, the, the, way the way to go. We just can't. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and he does a good job of reviewing all the evidence that's available. Sure. Uh, but I have read just as much evidence to refute the things that he says in this chapter. So
1: Yeah, I always tell people about nutrition. You know, sometimes people will ask me, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. It really, I mean, I can tell you my opinion uh, based on all the knowledge that is out there. But if you're wanting me to tell you a specific study to um, hold up your point, mm-hmm. I can find one for both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Like it, They're out there.
0: Yeah. And so we have some take-homes we can, we yeah. can kind of circle back around to that are common themes in almost every diet. Sure. And so we can hit on those uh, yeah. in a second. Uh, he kind of leads that nutritionally into the crisis of abundance. Can our ancient genes cope with our modern diet? Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, we, you know, depending on how back your genes, go, far back your genes go, which, assuming we started pretty much from the same genes <laughs> at some point, <laughs> yeah, creationism or evolution sure. at all started somewhere, Somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So in those early days, you know, our genetics not being, uh, suited for, uh, they're being more suited for, uh, not having a lot of food, yeah, right? Being efficient with burning, be efficient, fat, you know, fat efficient, Mm -hmm. being able to, and in that, you know, driving down inflammation, oxidation, things of that nature. uh,
1: Yeah. We just weren't born into a world where food was readily available 100% of the time Mm -hmm. in abundance.
0: Now we got to get three square meals. That's right. And the uh Taco Bell. And your snacks in between. Fourth, fourth dinner. What is it called? What is it <laughs> called? What uh, is it? Ta- second dinner? Second dinner. Second lunch. Yeah. We do not advocate for second dinner <laughs> or second lunch. Um and then I think he uh the the chapter 7, 8 and 9 um basically he talks about what he calls the four horsemen? the four horsemen. Yeah. Uh and Chelsea's very versed and she hasn't written down. So what are the four horsemen?
1: I don't actually have them yeah. written down, but Boy. Alzheimer's, yeah. cancer, uh, diabetes, and heart disease. There you go. That's yeah. it.
0: You nailed them. Perfect. You nailed them. Sweet. And so those are the big killers yeah. uh, in America. Uh, if if you're alive right now, the chances of one of those four getting you are pretty high, yeah. right? Absolutely. If you're dead, you're probably not listening to the podcast. But that, one of that, them probably got that you. Comment, <laughs> that comment probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. My aunt, uh, Aunt Beth, she's out there and she's listening to this. And she would have she totally busted me on that. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I love that she always listens and she always shares our stuff too.
0: Yeah. Oh, but she private messages me all the oh, all boo boos. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that.
1: Hey, you got to have some constructive oh, I love criticism it. I somewhere. Love it. Hey, it
0: let's me know somebody somebody's actually That's listening right. to somebody the podcast. Somebody
1: actually cares enough. Yeah. And know.
0: somebody may listen to it just to hear the boo boo.
1: Hey, you never know. Yeah. Never know. So. We should do a, uh, a bloopers episode.
0: Yeah, that would take too long
1: it would you're right <laughs> we
0: have a lot too much content to sift through <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh and I've, I've always told people this um you know there the, these four diseases we're, we're talking about dementia alzheimer's uh type 2 diabetes you know metabolic issues heart disease and what was the other one uh, uh, this one cancer cancer yeah <laughs> the people don't give enough credit to their choices Mm -hmm. in affecting this positively or negatively true. And that's, that's the point of these three chapters Mm -hmm. is, Hey, you know, if you're really wanting to age, well, these are the four things you're fighting against. And Mm -hmm. here's, evidence that you can control your your risk and your exposure to developing these yeah. i think most people just kind of look at their genetics and go oh well i'm, yeah, I'm gonna my, get dementia
1: my mom had it my dad had it my grandpa mm-hmm. my grandma whatever so i'm just doomed
0: yeah and so he even points that out in those chapters is yeah. saying that's not the case uh, you can have genetic predispositions mm-hmm. but predispositions don't there's no nail in the coffin that that's going to happen it comes down to Uh, A a big fancy word, actually a short fancy word, (laughs) epigenetics. Uh Uh, Epigenetic influence and environmental exposures. Those two, uh, in concert with the care you give your body, Mm -hmm. uh, are the biggest influence, not the actual genetics. Yeah.
1: Where do you stand on the old saying, maybe not old, but like within the last 20 years of genetics loads the gun, but your choices like pulls the trigger.
0: Uh, that's a, that's a okay way of saying it, but that's pretty dramatic, it you know? dramatic. <laughs> but
1: that's how people feel, right? Is they I don't feel, think it,
0: I don't think genetically it's an actually loaded gun. It's like you have the ammo mm.
1: no, they're in your pocket Yeah,
0: and you choose there to you put go. the bullet in the gun and pull the trigger. Yeah. Uh, so baseline, I have some genetics that predispose me to heart disease, dementia, and I, I I'll just speak truths. Uh, I have genetics <laughs> that expose me to heart disease, uh, both my grandparents had heart attacks before most of my grandpa's had heart attacks before the age of 42 wow i'm pretty sure 42 Man. they both this is back in the day when they did one vessel open heart bypasses mm-hmm. that didn't happen anymore yeah thank you cardiology for saving <laughs> yeah the chest of men around america absolutely uh so they both had one vessel coronary artery bypass grafts and uh it was left left main disease so you know it's probably still an indication for that uh they both had heart heart attacks again mm. uh one of my grandpa's ended up going on to get like quadruple bypass uh had some complications uh my my grandma when my grandma dad died significant dementia um uh, you know retired and weight straight into dementia my dad's had a stroke um my mom fighting through it holding everything off yeah and um my grandpa had probably some vascular dementia didn't didn't really manifest as dementia more so uh vertigo uh meniere's disease Mm -hmm. uh, instability so probably had a small stroke to the cerebellum Mm -hmm. and you know just you know constant dizziness and unstable on your feet which Mm -hmm. nobody wants that either no uh so uh i can look at that and say well might as well give up and yeah. Smoke cigars and cigarettes, and <laughs> and just enjoy know, just life Eat I'm hamburgers here. and yeah. ice cream all day because it's coming my way, and I got to die of something. Yeah, I could say that. You could, or I could say, you know what, I do have those exposures, and I'm going to do uh, everything I know and uh, and appreciate and enjoy doing to lower those risks.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's hard. You're you're kind of uh, fighting against the curve. You know, it's uh, your genetics are already ahead of you so you've got to really you can't just like lay back and just let it happen you got to actually be really proactive and making really good choices so and you've yep. had all of you've had some of that stuff tested right yep some of your uh, genetics so APO34
0: yeah. which you want to get nerdy for a second sure because he actually it's in the book about, yeah he yeah. talks about the APO34 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, so APOE status yep. the a- APOE APOE, yeah. A-P-O-E yep um so most people with no risk of dementia or heart disease are APO three three. Yep. Uh and there's a subset of people and this is genetics, you can only test this by getting your blood checked. And most pe uh most people that have a moderate risk are APO three fours, mm-hmm. which I'm a three four. Mm-hmm. Uh so somewhere along my white genetics coming out of Deutschland and Germany, I was <laughs> I was introduced to our heart disease. Uh, yeah. and, and so I have a 3-4. Uh, you know, my parents, neither one of them been tested. But, you know, I could probably naturally assume that the 4 came from my dad and the 3 came from my mom. <laughs> um, and the APO 4-4s four are the people that get extremely early onset dementia. dementia like Alzheimer's. 30s, 40s, yeah. 50s. The 3-4, which I have, is usually late onset, you know, 70s, 80s uh, and beyond. And a 3-4 actually does not guarantee that you're going to get Alzheimer's. And actually, neither neither does 4-4. 4-4, yep. And so that lets you know. And, you know, the good Lord's uh, kind in this. Usually when you're handed something genetically like that that exposes you, you're dealt a different card that works against that -hmm. that exposure. And so I have some other genetics uh, that are beneficial. Like this one would be viewed as a detrimental. Right. But along the way you know, probably some survival benefit, uh, introduced something else that kind of counteracted that, um, uh, that detriment. And mm-hmm. so when you look at the whole picture, this reason not really like promoting one-off genetics, like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, you got the BRCA one or two right. because you can't take it in just that thing. There's other things that, that upregulate, downregulate or protect. Um, mm-hmm. but those are, when we talk about heart disease risk, yeah. statin use, uh, dementia, those are, that is probably the biggest talked about genetic exposure out there. It's the APO three, four. And I think I said three, is it three, three? Cause I know there's, there's APO one and two out there, but I don't think they show up very, very often. I think yeah. it's mainly three, 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 four and four, four. Well,
1: and I think the two was, that's the one that is more protective for longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, so. I think, oh, I think that's it right. It's Maybe in the so book that. somewhere at the very beginning of part two, but okay, you talk about the look, um, Yeah, I think that that part was really interesting to me. He kind of gives a story about how he had a a woman who came into his practice and, you know, he does these genetic tests and he kind of has to think about, you know, how am I going to tell these people this because like you mentioned, some people, they get their test results back and they're like, well, I'm doomed to have early onset Alzheimer's. Um, but so he, Mm -hmm. he told this woman that, and then she kind of felt the same, but then she came back in two weeks after she'd kind of, I guess, grieved that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and was like, you know what? No, like I'm ready to start doing all of these things, all of these changes to prevent this from happening. So I thought that was a really cool story. I like that. And he tells yeah. her story throughout the book, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they're actually in the, in the Alzheimer's book, there's actually quite a few good stories, Yeah, uh, little, little side stories. Uh, so we won't give them away. You should read them. Yeah. Uh, but they're very, they're very motivating. In the fact that, um, you know, you can have these exposures, you can have these family risks, but you know, just actually knowing the data, talking to people that understand it and and just knowing, Hey, I'm not, I'm not doomed here. I can right. af- I can affect this. I can yeah. I can upregulate it or downregulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty interesting, uh, those, those little stories. I, I'm trying to remember the, the big one. Uh, uh, Alan Bean has my book right now. It's marked up with highlighters, and <laughs> you're obviously not a highlighter here. You're, I'm no, not, you're a note taker. I'm you're a, a note
1: taker, yeah. Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, so looking back on it, 2-2, uh, two, two, or e- just having one APO-2 is – you get protective. like a 10x, a 10% yeah. reduced risk. Yeah. Two, two average risk, which I think average risk for Dimension America is like 8%, something like that. And then a three, four being, I think, four to eight X that. So that's me. Yep. That's me. I'm not depressed about it. Four not to eight something.
1: times more risk, not yeah. less. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then four, four, like 40, 40 yeah. X times the risk. Uh, but you know, uh, he, in, in the in the book, he points out a story because he. So we'll, we'll go back and talk about the centenarians now, yeah. and kind of the buzz around centenarians. Mm-hmm. Um, but he interviews centenarians over 100 years old that are that are APO44s, mm-hmm. no signs of dementia, right. no signs of heart disease. Yep. So the whole point of that chapter is to point out the you're m- not doomed. Not it's doing. in your hands. Right. It is in your hands. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are, what exposure you've been given. Yeah. Um, and I say that with a grain of salt because uh, there are some genetic uh, energy uh, management defects out there that yeah. are can be detrimental. So sure. we don't want to say, but I, wanna, I don't want to gloss over that. Yeah. Uh, but there there are hoodie. things that we can control.
1: I liked, he had a quote that I wrote down. He said, my greatest fear was that we would figure out how to delay death without also extending the healthy, healthy period of people's lives. Yeah. Um, I thought yeah. that was that was a good summary. I thought
0: so. That this this, this book is what led me to that I'm training to be 90 because I don't want to live to be 90 and in a wheelchair, like,
1: right? Exactly. So, or not uh, remember where you are or who you are.
0: Yeah, one of the things he drives home in the book is like, as humans, we were designed to push it till the end, rock it, and then the wheels come and off and you're done. You're quickly. Yeah. yeah. So it's and he kind of uh, we may have talked about this in the in the the, the section one, but. And it, it's a broken part of our American healthcare system. Uh if we look at I think it's like eighty percent of all hea- healthcare dollars uh in this country are spent on the last two years of life.
1: We did talk about that. Yeah. Yep. So we
0: won't we won't rehash that. Mm. But just think about that. Yeah. And yeah, that's not the way it should be. Sure. We should spend a little bit more money yeah, on the front while end. we're we're aging and yeah. then get to a point and then your heart's done and boom you're dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And then you have a lot more happier people. Yeah. I mean,
0: we could put 10 people at this this table right now and have people raise their hand on who want, who's excited about struggling for 10 years <laughs> with a horrible disease and then dying. <laughs> nobody would raise their hand, right? Right. Or if we said, hey, who's excited for your last 10 years to be awesome and then you suddenly die? Yeah. I think everybody would raise their hand. I
1: think you're right. Right?
0: Yeah. So you're in control of that. Absolutely. And most people don't acknowledge that, know that, understand that, or want to even hear the fact that they're yeah. in control of that
1: yeah because it, then it puts the burden on yourself what yeah i know so not your parents
0: <laughs> yeah i know right thank <laughs> my genetics Bummer. yeah um so yeah you can't you can't you can't choose those you can't choose your nope. genetics but you can choose your choices that's you right you can make choosy choices <laughs> choosy choices <laughs> coin that one.
1: Oh man trademark trademark choosy choices <laughs> that's all that's going on a t-shirt no. <laughs>
0: Um, oh goodness so we were we were also going to go talk back go back and talk about oh citinarians we'll the centinarians and, and we'll go back to and I know our expl- explanation of this book is all over the map, but it's all in there
1: it is yeah, <laughs> and we're he gets very technical in part two. He uh-huh. talks a lot about um like blood work and different like biomarkers oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, so it gets pretty, part two is pretty technical. There's some, you know, fun stories intermittently wound in there, but he talks a lot about different lab work, you know, like, um, your typical lipid panel that a cardiologist or your primary care is going to run on you and and how he looks at some other things. And
0: I think take home there is the majority of the labs that you're. Primary care check on you uh, doesn't mean jack, right? And there's there's a layer deeper or two layers deeper on a lot of these, especially lipid panel, cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, you're either told your cholesterol is good or it's too high, yeah. and uh, and, they, and the, if you're lucky or, or actually if you're unlucky, your primary care will give you some advice on how to lower it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and he uh, he's saying like, hey, it's not it's not black and white. Yeah. There, you have to dig a few uh, layers into this and I'd say I'd Mm -hmm. add onto this, uh, in the one thing I realized after this, if actually before this is going those layers deep is actually fairly cheap in the grand scheme of things. Mm Yeah. Uh, I check a, I mean, you've, you've taken the blood panel that I I do, right? I sure have. Is that, is that just a little bit of blood?
1: Uh, no, it was a, a decent amount, but I had them lay me down, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I so was good. Blood. I didn't pass out. Yeah. And it was I like tried, four vials.
0: And I, uh, You actually must have done. You didn't do the full one then because it's usually like 12 vials, oh 12 or 16. That's probably why I didn't do the full yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I check a huge panel, you know, uh, at the minimum once a year, at the most three to four times a year. Kind of depends on what I'm doing, what I'm working on, how I'm feeling. And, you know, uh, we have an upcoming episode on insurance, uh, but uh, to, not, to not throw insurance. But if you were to do that through your insurance, through your primary care, it'd be like $10,000, $12,000 worth of labs. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to have to pay your $5,000 deductible. And, of course, you're going to say, no, I'm not doing that, right? right, just to get some labs checked.
1: But then you're going to ask for a cash price.
0: Well, cash price. So all these labs, that I just told you your insurance is going to, uh, you know, you're, they're going to charge your insurance like ten, fifteen thousand. 15000 for cash, you know, I think the if I do a kind of a more of a minimalistic panel, it's about two fifty to three fifty, uh, Cadillac, everything in, I wanna know everything about my body, we're probably tickling four fifty. Uh now I know that's not cheap. Sure. But uh if if I wanna spend some money on knowing my risk and what I can do or if what I'm working on is working, yeah. That's 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 good money spent in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you start adding up gym memberships and cut that, get you some labs and done. And diet programs yeah, yeah. and whatnot, <laughs> Just yeah. Just get you some labs done, check it out.
1: Yeah, and it gives you the full picture. Because I think, you know, in those lab panels, we do also kind of look at some of the things you typically check. You know, like we'll look at your A1C or we'll look at your uh, LDL, HDL. But we look at it in relationship to other things, and that's what really gives you the, the insight. He talks a lot about... um you know our Apo B levels. I think that's probably something that you
0: we, we covered with uh, Brabham. You were there, weren't you?
1: Oh no, actually I wasn't.
0: Yeah. Oh, you weren't there for Brabham. No. Yeah, Apo B. Uh, man, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, gloss over that. We should come back with a like a lipid panel uh, overview. I, I think all that to say is uh, there's more out there than your total cholesterol, your LDL, VLDL, and HDL. Yeah. Uh, or in layman terms your good cholesterol cholesterol and your bad cholesterol cholesterol. Uh, (laughs) so that there's more to it than that right Mm -hmm. and there's even i think data to suggest now that maybe none of that matters that it it's more about apob which is a little bit smoke and mirrors because apob is extracted from ldl vldl Mm -hmm. uh, hdl levels and it, it i think I think that is conversations like six layers deep. And we tried to get there with Dr. Brabham, but I think we get stuck on some other stuff. <laughs> Couldn't quite uh, land so that plane. So I think maybe we come back and have like a... Okay. Uh, just how to read my cholesterol numbers. Yeah. Like simple. Sure. And what to care about, what to ask my physician to order, what yep. is my real risk. Maybe what to what look for. What should I do about it? Yeah. Uh, how can I work it up? Things that nature. I nation. like That'd it. That'd be a good one. I like it. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Okay. We, we didn't mean to create other podcasts for this podcast, but here we <laughs> But
1: are. we did. We like created three.
0: Uh, what were we talking about prior to my foray into explaining that? Centenarians? Centenarians. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so centenarians. Uh, I have a hard time talking about centenarians. I think you and I have had this conversation before. Uh-huh. Uh, mainly because it's confounding. Like, they travel around the world, and they're like, oh, Okinawa, Japan yeah. has a bunch of hundred. And first of all, that data is a little old because there ain't that many centenarians now. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, oh, it must be the Japanese sweet potato right or oh it must be the bitter melon mm-hmm. Or or it may be oh it's it's uh it's
1: the siesta that they take yeah that, it's like
0: they who knows? The, and yeah to be to be fair the blue zones uh documentary he gives you a range of like five or six things to try to believe but <laughs> uh some big takeaways that uh, i've read this book i've watched blue zones my wife and i've had this conversation some takeaways all right number one people live to 100 don't eat junk food I <laughs> they don't. They yeah. Just, well,
1: don't. but that's not across the board even. You know, you've seen the little old ladies on the news that are like, what, what's your yeah. secret to being 101? Cocktail, cigarette. Dr. Pepper yeah. every day.
0: Yeah. And really? there'll be one that says. So that's talked about in this book right here. Yes, it is. And it's yep. called the FOXO gene. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are dealt with the FOXO gene. Do whatever you want, except drive fast, because <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only drive. thing that'll <laughs> nullify your Foxo gene or yeah. hang your own Christmas lights or fix your own roof, for that matter. There. Uh, but from a lifestyle standpoint, you can't screw things up. You yeah. got you got the immunity gene. You got the, you got the
1: Cadillac of genes. Yeah,
0: you got it. It's called the Foxo. Those are the old people you see on the news saying... Ow. I had two cocktails, gin cocktails a night, and I smoked seven <laughs> cigarettes a day and I'm perfect. Yeah,
1: and I've never exercised a day in my yeah, life. Yeah.
0: So that is not the norm. Yeah. Uh, that's why we, that's why they talk about blue zones instead of centenarians. <laughs> right, because, just in general because there's you have some the commonalities, outliers. yeah. Yeah. yeah you there's have always outliers. outliers. But the people that, you know, ne- like you know neighborhoods, communities that have a, a people that are that are over 100, they they have a garden, they don't eat junk food. They they have a sense of meaning uh they have a sense of society mm-hmm. friendship purpose. they stay pr- at purpose they, they stay driven yeah that's the reason you don't see a lot of blue zones in america <laughs> like you're of no <laughs> use to us uh, and I, i'm saying this very sarcastically i hope people pick it up on it but it's, it's true it's true yeah right you just take your retirement check and yeah. why don't you go travel yeah well there's not a lot of purpose in travel yeah right there is purpose in man dad i need you to pick up Bobby from soccer practice. I can't get there. I need you to do that. Absolutely. I hey hey mom, you know uh, Junior's got uh, this p- party at uh, kindergarten and, and yeah. he' need to make some co- cookies. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah yeah I can take care of that yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm you see that in the documentary, right? Like in every about one
0: of the communities he goes to. Yeah. But he never he never drew the conclusion that that. I mean, he spoke to it a little <laughs> bit, but I'm talking about big overarching commonalities. Yeah. Uh, three. If you if you want to live till your ninety you got to (laughs) squat you got to be able to (laughs) keep that muscle mass bend your knees yeah yeah yeah, whether it's mobility or muscle mass stability uh, or or balance yeah i think those kind of all run in the same circle as you age Mm -hmm. um what else with some commonalities
1: this kind of goes back to um, the purpose, but also I think spirituality. Like, it doesn't have. It's not like you know. Oh, everybody who lives past a hundred is a part of this belief system. Most um, of them were, but some yeah. of them who you know, like pretty much all of them, believe in some sort of a, a higher power. Mm-hmm. So, I think that kind of goes into it too.
0: Yeah, but he never he pointed out. Oh, they all have gardens, or all oh, they they walk to get there. But I'm like, the the commonality is they don't eat junk food. Oh, and that's where we we were going to go back to. Uh, that was, I was going to make a point of that. (laughs) The, oh, the chapter five, eat less, live longer. In chapter six, the crisis of abundance. Can our ancient genes cope with our modern diet? Yeah, And so we'll, we'll, we'll conversate this and then, man, that's bad English too. We'll have a conversation (laughs) about this and then we'll, we'll end it. Uh, and the, I think the reason I didn't so much agree with his uh, his assessment of diet was it was kind of it doesn't matter what you eat just don't eat a lot of it. So first of all, that ain't doable. Sure, it's just not doable. The way th- that modern food is engineered, and it is crack. Your your brain's addicted. Uh-huh. So for me to look at somebody and say, hey, just just eat less. Yeah. Because if that worked, you we, and I would not be sitting we here. We would
1: not. Yeah, we would not have a job.
0: Yeah. So eating less yeah. that uh, that advice does not work. Right. Right.
1: Absolutely. Well, and we see, th- I think that's why we kind of have a different perspective is, you know, and we're going to get into this in part three, the, the big calorie debate, but, mm-hmm. oh, yes. you I, know. I'm
0: gearing up to that. <laughs> I think I've already won you over without having the debate.
1: I don't think so. Okay. I'm, right. I think I was, I don't know. I think okay. I'm in the middle. I think you and Blue are on opposite right. ends of the spectrum though.
0: Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, the, another reason it doesn't work is our, our, is our food systems broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of times we're pushed to eat more because the foods that we do get in our diet don't have the things in them that our body needs. If you don't satisfy your baseline nutrient mineral mm-hmm. needs, your body will secrete hormones to tell you eat more food or it will allow you to eat more food because you 're not getting what you need yeah. Nothing to do with calories. Well, yeah, people. Just a preview to my argument. Nothing to do with calories. <laughs> people you're,
1: ask me all the time, like, why am I craving sweets at night? And it's mm-hmm. almost always a pretty simple answer. You are not getting what you need from the rest of your meals during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it, it is. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And it, and you're right. Yeah. It's not calories. Yeah. At baseline.
0: Yeah. Well, I so it can be until you break the system. Uh, Every American breaks their system pretty early on, though. Yeah. So you get mitochondrial overload. You 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 your calories come in. You got too many calories coming in versus calories going out. Mm -hmm. Everything goes haywire after that. Yep. And then it's no longer about calories. Yeah. Then it's
1: about efficiency or inefficiency rather.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you become a very efficient store of energy. Right. You become a very miserable burner burner of energy. And that's why, you know, when you think about what it takes for mitochondria to work, well, I need magnesium, I need there's I have to have B12 and folate and choline for for turning these cells over and keeping them healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's the where's what is cal, how does calories play into that? Yeah. Cuz if that was a situation, we'd say, "Hey, you got to get at least 5,000 calories a day mm-hmm. to make sure that you get everything your body needs." Right. Right? Cuz yeah. say if cuz if I'm just doing 1200 calories on Weight Watchers, I got bam, hit my calorie goals.
1: That's right. It's all wine, but... Uh, <laughs> hey.
0: All right. Saves it all up for McDonald's <laughs> not, on Friday. Not
1: you specifically, Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean that to be you, but that's what I hear a I lot. Let's go back know? from Italy. I did yeah, eat some wine. Exactly. You know, I'm eating popcorn, McDonald's on Fridays, and wine. And that's only five points, huh? 1,200 calories, though, so yeah. I'm good. It's not calories.
0: Yeah. someone am winning you over before you even start?
1: It, see, it's not calories... In the big picture, but calories do matter. That's going to be my, that's going to be my catchphrase. So when race. I was in it's keto. It's not all about all right. calories, but calories all right.
0: matter. I know, I know we're previewing the, the gate, the great calorie debate. <laughs> this is going to uh, be a good one you guys. But so when I was on keto, when I went keto, mm. uh, so I, it was the lowest percent body fat I ever got to. I got down to 12% body fat, maintained muscle, even grew. I think I grew <laughs> six, six, eight pounds of muscle in that like six month experiment. Mm-hmm. I was literally eating like 10,000 calories a day.
1: Ugh, that's just so Gross.
0: But it, it's because fat's so dense. There's a lot of sure. calorie in fat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it, I don't think it matters. It, but
1: you, yeah, because your body fat percentage went down, your muscle went up, but your body weight was probably going down, not mm-hmm. going up, when you would expect. If you do the calorie math, your body weight would have gone up.
0: Well, you've heard my thoughts on this. I could care less about my weight. Yeah. It's body composition. Well, and What know, percent of fat am I what percent of muscle am I? I agree. And is muscle one in the debate or is fat one in the debate?
1: Yep. And I agree. Calorie math doesn't add up. No, doesn't thank work. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will give you that.
0: You, you're already admitting defeat before <laughs> you started the debate.
1: No, I think I'm going to win. I think I'm going to win this debate.
0: You got some homework to do. You
1: got. You got to get in the middle to win. All right.
0: Uh, said <laughs> no politician ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let's just go. Let's just go midline on this. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. Let's look at the House of Representatives right yeah, now. Yeah, it's going let's great. Let's see how
1: the middle is working yeah, for it's us. Doing great. Oh man. Okay, we, pl- we, we just we, we just X that out. Yeah, we just <laughs> dipped into politics. Let's go yeah. back.
0: Okay. Uh, well, anything else you want to add about section 2? Like just give me a one-sentence summary of part 2 of Outlive: The Science and Art of Longevity with Peter Attia.
1: <laughs> I would say my summary is um we are currently barely scratching the surface with what we're looking at in modern medicine. Um, and so if you are interested in going diving deeper into your health, you've also got to dive deeper into some of these markers uh-huh. um, and understanding them and things like that. Another big takeaway I thought was really cool how he described it. He talked about how um, elevated insulin levels, he called it the canary in a coal mine. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a really Whoa, good... Wait, wait.
0: Nothing to do with calories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that insulin has nothing to do with calories.
1: Uh, it has a little to do with calories. Tell me. Where do you get insulin from? Or where Carbohydrates. Do you get... Okay. Not the calories. And what carbohydrates, what do they have in them? Calories.
0: Okay. I, I get what you're saying there, but it has nothing to do with the total amount At, of calories. You're correct. Absolutely.
1: But I thought that was really good. That was yeah. a good line. Canary in the coal mine. I actually think
0: uh, it, it's it's even before mm-hmm. that. Right. Sure. Well, if you're if you're having elevated insulin levels and yeah, I think we've talked about this before, your your primary care doctor is not gonna say anything to you until he can call you a diabetic. Right. Until he can, can because then it medication. becomes a billable diagnosis. Absolutely. Now I going to make some money on mm-hmm. you, right? Yep. And now I can now I can get a big pharma to make some money on you. So nobody yeah. makes a deal big deal of elevated insulin levels uh prior to be calling a diabetic. All right, I think now they they kind of make a big deal out of pre diabetes. Sure. Right. Yeah. Wish
1: um, we could go on on that,
0: but right. you know this i have actually spent a lot of time on this, and I have nothing to report, so nothing com- to report on what I'm about to say oh that <laughs> the, it goes it goes south way before that uh so you're it's it i think it starts at the mitochondrial level yeah you get you get your your electron transport chain gets overwhelmed, you start getting steel of electrons. Uh, which turn into rea- reactive oxygen species, which are, mm-hmm. is another way of saying you had some oxygen molecules in your bloodstream and it stole an electron. So now I've got reactive oxygen species.
1: Inflammation. That
0: is where everything goes south. That's, yep. It goes and attacks your liver. It, ta- it just makes everything not work. Then, your ins- then And then your insulin levels. Because sign- if you look at cell signaling, it all depends on re- the reactive oxygen species level on whether insulin can communicate... And then you start getting some elevated insulin levels. If you've got elevated insulin levels, you've got suppressed leptin, or you've got decreased leptin receptor production. I have to go back and, and see how mm-hmm. that actually expresses mm-hmm. out. But basically, what we're talking about here, leptin. Uh, of all you people that have looked at my course that I wrote online, <laughs> which we just had a we just had added a page. Yeah, though, so we did. Hope you we had that. a comment, yeah. and it was a and we tried to correct It was that. helpful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but. That that leptin is a hormone that then communicates uh, with your other mitochondria. It says it either says, "Hey, we need you to burn fat," or uh, you know, "Hey, we don't burn any fat. We need to store." They'll yep. guess where that goes. <laughs> it goes into storage so, mode. Yep. And then this conversation is really not bad, <laughs> not about calories <laughs> <laughs> at all. He just None. keeps going back to that. No, it's because there's so many ways to prove it.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing.
0: Yeah, once you, once you lose insulin sensitivity, once you lose leptin sensitivity, it ain't about calories.
1: Well, and I think once you... It is about
0: calories. Don't eat them, but make sure you get all your nutrients.
1: <laughs> it's about the right calories. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There oh, you yeah. go. That's where I'll land. Hey,
0: baby, that's, that's where we'll agree to disagree at the end of that lecture. Mm-hmm. Man, we're already just giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it ain't about calories. It's about it's the, right, about the calories.
1: right calories. That's right. I think that's where. That's, that's a t shirt. That's my stance. That's shirt, too. Yeah. We got
0: two t shirt ideas out of the day. <laughs> choosy choosy McChusertons.
1: Well, and insulin, elevated insulin levels, canary in the coal mine. If you've got elevated insulin levels, it should be alarms coming off like, ah. in your head. You should be saying, oh, no, I'm headed down the road of these four horsemen, as he calls them. And yeah. I need to do something like really I needed to do something five years ago, but I definitely need to do something now.
0: you ever uh you ever listen to Things You Should Know or Stuff You Should Know?
1: I've listened to a couple episodes. Yeah.
0: So you know I met that guy in Mexico. Uh ever tell you the story? About yeah, mating?
1: you've you've told me something and and he's the one there where you got the information about like uh the industrial revolution and huh? packaging and snacks. Yeah, snack and industry stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well
0: I also read a book about it. But, uh, so after I met him in Mexico, he did a, a bariatric surgery yeah. podcast and on their, on their podcast, they don't give reference to anybody they talk to. So they can only say, I talked to a guy. Yeah. So if you guys get interested, go you. to stuff, you know, you should know, go to the bariatric surgery one. They mention me in there, not by name. Yeah. So you're gonna have to take my, you're gonna have to take my word for it. <laughs> All that to be said, uh, I wonder where, th- th- and they talk about stuff like this, uh-huh. where the term canary and coal mine came from. Right. Uh huh. I mean, I get the concept. If the canary dies in the coal mine, there's some gas about, uh-huh. and you better run. Yeah, because the canary just died. Yeah. Or to break it down to modern terms, the cat in the house. If you walk home and your cat's dead, you uh-huh. you probably, probably want to get out of the house, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> because there are some gases in there that are probably going to kill you.
1: Well, okay, but isn't the canary in the coal mine like I think when it really made its like presence known in our culture, it was in a book. And it, was it? Oh, in like a very Maybe we prominent yeah. literary work. And if my mother-in-law is listening to this, I'm so sorry. She's an English teacher. She's. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, what's. Canary
1: what's, in a coal mine. It was in a book, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And that's what's, how it came about.
0: Somebody's going to answer this podcast. And, yeah. Give uh, oh, us hey, some feedback. How about, how about a free bottle of olive oil for the person to, first person to answer that question? There we go. I like it. And Chelsea will make sure that it gets sent out.
1: Yeah. Just put it on the little feedback or whatever on the podcast. Okay.
0: And if nobody answers it, we either had no <laughs> listeners <laughs> or nobody knew the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Guys, you should Google. Yeah. Definitely use the Google.
0: Okay. Well, I had something else I wanted to talk about there, but now we're 10 minutes late, so okay. we probably should get out of here. Thanks Part guys. Two.